0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GBC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. So have to realize that it's not made up, the church is not just made up of a pastor it's not made up of just certain leaders it's made up of the people and the body of Christ and so therefore God is looking for all of us to be significant in this hour and this time in which we're living so that we have the opportunity to rebuild hope to rebuild hope in this community in which we're living do you realize that your story your life has the ability to give hope to somebody else the body of Christ the reason that GVC exists is to bring hope help and healing to a hurting people and I want to share with you from Acts chapter 1 starting in verse 8 I'm going to read it from the Amplified and it says this it says but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you you will be my witnesses to tell people about me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth notice what he says here he says I will give you or give you empowerment or ability to be my witnesses. Now, one of the things that we know about this is prior to him telling this, the Bible says that there was only 120 that went to this place to be endowed with power, but he spoke to over 500 people. So that tells us roughly about 25% of people that will actually respond to the leading of the Lord. But he says, I want to give you power to help you be my witnesses. And he says now, The witness that you're going to give and the empowerment that you have is not just for your family. It's not just for your personal life. It's not even just for your community. It's actually so far reaching that it will reach nations. And God says, I will give you empowerment or the ability to give hope to a hopeless world. And how many of you know that it's so easy for us to get caught up in this life about our own affairs? And it's real easy to be just like those other individuals of the 500. So, what, 120 subtracted the front from 500, what is that, 380? Is that right? Did I do my math right? I went to Clio, but is that, okay, <laughs> 380. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> so, 380 people. It would be so easy to be like the 380 individuals that say, well, it sounds good, but I'm a little bit busy right now. How many of you know that God said that there was a story, Jesus said, I am preparing a feast. And he sends the invitation, and the ones that he sends the invitation, the Bible says that nobody came. In fact, all of them said, well, I've got things to do. I'm busy, or I'll get back with you. And finally, out of frustration, the Bible says that the master says, go into the highways, into the byways, and tell them to come because I've prepared a table for them. You see, God is looking for people that will come and receive hope, but not only receive hope, be carriers of hope to this lost and dying world. And God is purposing in this hour to rebuild his church. Say it with me. Say, God is using me to give hope. If you'll allow him to he'll begin that work in you today. He'll begin to stir some things in you that you'll purpose to see people differently, that you'll see the community different, that you'll see this church differently, knowing that God is using you to give hope. You know, the neighbor, just two houses over next to the church house there, or right next to the church house, they've had their house up on the market for about six weeks now, and they just sold a couple days ago, and so as a result of selling it, they're having an estate sale, and Uh, You know, got a lot of things coming and going out of there And so I stopped over there just to say hi And as I was talking to them, they said, oh hey, how are you doing? She goes, you may not know this She says, but my father used to pastor that church there And I said, well, I I knew that that was the case I had heard that before And this woman, she's uh, probably in her 70s And then her daughter was there, which was roughly my age And they started to converse back and forth about this place and the young lady, or let's say the young lady, yeah, she's 50-something. Yeah, she's a young lady, uh, the, the woman that was like my age. She says, I remember when. And she started to talk about this place. She started to talk about how this place used to be filled and flooded with people. She said, man, there used to be a campground and people would come from all over the state and even out of state. And this place was just hustling and bustling. She said there was an actual store on the property. And, man, the memories that we have as kids. And she just began to just beam as she was talking about all the things that God did on this property. And then she said, then General Motors left. And then when General Motors left, everything started to fall apart and everything started to diminish. And that's something that historically we've seen within this community in this climate in this area that we live in. But how many of you know that it is not subject to an employment or an employer to produce a lively church? It's the God in whom we serve that can create a church that produces such a Uh, uh, an atmosphere and a culture of hope that it doesn't matter whether General Motors has left, but people say, I still want to be a part of a church that is giving hope and that is endeavoring to rebuild and a people that are allowing themselves to come under construction for God to be able to use them in a significant way. And I just believe that this is the hour in which we can be that church. Again, I realize that there's all kinds of excuses that we could have to say, Well, I don't know if we'll ever become that, or I don't know if there could ever be that kind of a church. Listen, how many of you know that God is greater than any circumstance that we're facing? Now, to prove that point, uh, last Sunday, after we got out of church, we said our goodbyes. We went and we had lunch as a family, and then our intent was to go down to Spicers down in Fenton. Anybody familiar with Spicers? Uh, It's an apple orchard, and during this season of time, they have hay rides and pumpkins and whatever else you know is available uh, during this time and as we got down there there was literally i kid you not probably close to a thousand cars if not more that were parked all over the roads on one side and on the other they had a, a huge field that they were just cars lined up row after row and this is the supposed pandemic time right and when you drove through i mean you had to drive by slow because there's so many people And it was so crazy that my kids even said, we don't want to do this. This is just too many people. (laughs) And so we drove down the road and turned back around and started driving back through again. And as we're seeing all these people in all these cars lined up in the field, I mean the field was a parking lot. My my, my, uh, youngest daughter says, wouldn't it be cool if church looked this way? All of a sudden, the eyes of a child started to see something in a different light and said, what What if church looked like this? And what if our, our yard began to look like this with cars lined up everywhere and people were just coming by the droves to come to church? And I said, what makes you think it can't happen? I mean, after all, people will come to get... Apples, and to get pumpkins, and to get apple pie, and whatever else, you know, apple donuts. And they'll come from all around the region just to get fat, right? Just because they have an appetite for something. What about the church that can be such a sweet savoring taste of hope to a community that people will actually come to a church that says there you'll find hope and you'll find the living God not one that is just talked about and practiced about but one that is actually experienced can church actually be that way today Absolutely, why? Because God is in the process of rebuilding his church and the church, we at Genesee Valley Church are under construction right now. Now, I realize what you're saying and this is the big excuse. Well, you know what? I'd go to that Spicer's, but I don't like green apples. I got news for you. If you don't like green apples, that's good because they got Red Delicious, they got Honey Crisp, they got uh, Granny Smith, whatever else you want. Oh, well, I don't like apple pie. Well, that's good because you don't have to have apple pie. They've got pumpkin pie. There's something there for you. Well, yeah, but I don't like donuts. Listen, you don't have to eat the donuts, all right? You can eat the or drink the cider instead. My point is this, there's all kinds of people that will look for excuses as to not go to a church. Well, that's not the kind of church I grew up in, or I don't like the music. You sing music differently. Listen, it doesn't matter about the personal flavor, maybe, but it's about does that church have hope, and are they connecting you with a living God? Amen. And so God is endeavoring for us to become that people a people that will come to know a God and allow Him to use us to produce and give hope in this hopeless world. And once again, the 2 Timothy 3, verse 5. Notice what it says. It says, concerning God's people, He says, they have a form of godliness, but deny its power. And it says, as from such people, turn away. So notice what it says. It says there are people that are going through the motions. They're doing the church thing. They have a form of godliness. They have a form of religion. But it says that they actually deny the power. Remember we saw in Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus says, I'm going to give you power. And he says, when I give you this power, he says, you're actually going to be a witness of me. So in other words, people will know that you're Christians. How many of you know there are a lot of people that are going to churches that will just scratch their ear and that they'll just uh, give them the warm fuzzies? Or it's just uh, maybe it's got all the little bells and whistles that they're looking for. But again, it's just a form of godliness, but there's no power and their life is no witness. Hello? Did I lose you? <laughs> it's on, right? All right, just want to check. My point is this is that God's looking for a people that will tap into a power or the power or the help of the Holy Spirit to become the hope of the world, not just in tradition and religion and our religious service, but a people that will actually love people with hope and with power that will produce change in their life. Amen. And did you notice it says, stay away from those people that are religious, that just have a form of godliness but deny the power. Why do you think that is? Because if you don't have the ability to influence them, then eventually they're going to influence you. Amen? And before you know it, you might have had hope at one point in time, but you now are starting to find out that your life is becoming a train wreck. And it might be just because you're on a train that is connected with a whole lot of individuals that, man, they're just taking you down the wrong road. Right? And he says, now, get around people that aren't just acting or just talking the talk he said get around some people that are walking the walk amen i don't know about you but i love being around people that have a hunger for god that just love jesus now having a hunger for god or loving jesus doesn't mean that you're a religious freak or you're a weirdo and it's interesting that in this life even the church thinks well those those churchy people are just weird people no listen There is a genuineness of people that really love God. I was sharing that story of that pastor uh, uh, that was downtown and got hit by the car. When you get around that guy, man, you just love that guy. You can't help but love him. Why? Because he loves people and he loves God. And you see the evidence of his life. I mean, dear God, if that was you, you might have got ran over But he knew somebody. He knew God. (laughs) He had hope. GVC, they were on the corner, man. It took out three quarters of the congregation, man. (laughs) Hopefully that wouldn't be the case. No, man. No, we know God. And that's the whole point, that God wants us to be used to bring hope and help and healing. Why? Because God is rebuilding. Now listen, it says that they denied the power. They denied the power. What's that mean? Here's the definition. It It says that they've rejected or they've refused something that was offered. I want you to know something, that God has something better for you in store than this world could ever offer you. And you've heard it said before that in regards to your own personal life, you can make yourself feel better quicker than God can. I mean, you can medicate it. You can fix it. You can go shop it. You can do whatever, man. Uh, How many of you like a good sale? I mean, there's nothing like the endorphins that, I mean, and I'm a guy. I know I'm talking like a girl right now. But listen, there are those endorphins that get going, man. You get shopping and you get that, I mean, you get us guys going into Bass Pro Shop. Man, you talk about some happy boys. Woo, we come out of there. Come on, did you get your stuff? I got my stuff. Let's go get some lunch. Man, come on, let's do it. And man, we're just having having times. Why? Because you just enjoy it. But listen, there's nothing in this world that this world can offer you that God can't beat ten times over. But yet we find ourselves simply rejecting what God is doing. And he's saying, I want to rebuild you. I want you to come under construction. But sometimes we're saying, God, I just don't know if I want all that. I don't know if I want to go there. I don't know if I want to be that committed. But I'm telling you, if you'll give your life to God, surrender your heart to God, you'll find that your life totally is changed for the better. And your life will become hope to people that need hope. You might say, well, who's that? I don't have a heart for anybody else listen it'll start at home fellas just fall in love with Jesus and watch your wife fall in love with you you've said before oh well you know I wish my wife was just was more why are we getting off on this boy you're gonna to have to get me out of trouble young lady you. <laughs> Our, uh, us guys what well, it's so easy for us say, well I wish my wife was more more committed to go to church. If she was more on fire for God, I know that I would be. But do you realize that God has called us men to be the leaders of our home? And the reality is is that if we would lead our homes well, if we would set the example, everybody else would fall in line. And it's not because we're a dictator. No, it's because our example of allowing God to put us under construction would begin to influence the climate and the culture of our household. Amen. We'll let that one go and just move right on. Praise the Lord. All right. We want this to end good. We want you to come back. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we're talking about hunger. We're talking about people that are becoming hungry for God. And one of the things that I, I find myself excited about is just to see what God is doing. You, you've heard us talk about our Wednesday night prayers or our prayer gathering. It's at Wednesday at 630. And it's amazing the things that are beginning to really take place in Wednesday night prayers. People are really starting to come hungry and coming with an expectation, God's going to show up. When we come together and pray, God's going to show up. And there's this anticipation, what's God going to do? What's he, how's he going to move? And what are we going to pray about? And how's God going to show up? And as a result, we're seeing things take place in our Wednesday night prayer. In fact, this was just a matter of a few weeks ago, we began to pray about some things. And just in the middle of our prayer, we began to pray about people that had sickness in their body. And just as we were praying, all of a sudden we felt prompted and led, and we started to pray for body parts, if you will. And so uh, we just began to pray, Lord, we thank you that minds are being made, made right. Minds and uh, 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 the, the, the thoughts are, are being cleared up. Ears are being healed, noses, eyes, throats, lungs. We just began to name body parts and say, Lord, we thank you that you're ministering to those people that are having need right now. There was a woman that was there in the, in the prayer gathering that she had just got a bad report from the doctor concerning her heart. They put on the, what do you call it, the, the monitor. And any time they put a monitor on your heart, how many of you know that just kind of gets you a little bit nervous? Because they don't just put monitors on you for no reason. Something's going on. And so she wore the monitor and she, she said, hey, listen, she goes, when you were praying that night, she goes, I believe that you were praying for me. And then she went to the doctor. When they got to the doctor, she said the doctor came in whistling and this all chipper. And she goes, that just kind of unnerved me. It's like, this is serious business. We're talking about my heart and you're coming in here, just whistling Dixie. And all of a sudden he says, oh, yeah, look, at, I'm looking at your report here. Oh, there's nothing to be worried about. Everything's good. Just go home. No worries. What happened? In the midst of being in the presence of God, in the midst of being around a people that just know God and know God to be true to his word, the atmosphere created hope hope created healing why because God is a healing God that brings help and health to his people amen so that's the kind of church that God has called you to be a part of he's called you to be those individuals that will produce hope and healing in the lives of other people's lives say it with me say God use me to give hope all right Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 Notice what it says here. Jesus is speaking. He says, blessed are those who hungry and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Notice it says, blessed those that are hungry and do thirst after righteousness. That word righteousness simply means to be right with God and to be hungry and to thirst for God. How many of you know that there's a difference between hunger and thirst? If you've ever been hungry, you might find that, you know, after a little bit of time, you start to feel the grumbles, the rumbles in your stomach, and it starts to talk to you, and you think, yeah, I think I'm a little bit hungry. And, and have you ever noticed that hunger can be gradual, right? Have you ever found yourself to be thirsty? You know, uh, you've been working out in the yard, you've been sweating, you're just hot, and, or maybe you wake up in the middle of the night, night and your mouth is just, you know, dry, and, and you're like thirsty. How many of you know thirst can be sudden? But hunger can be gradual. But did you know that when you're around somebody that is hungry or that is eating well, it can make you hungry? Right? I mean, you can be around food and you think, man, I just ate and I'm not hungry. I don't want nothing to eat. But you start smelling that good food, boy, all of a sudden you start finding that you're a little bit hungry. Right? Have you ever been there before? I mean, you, you actually even know that your stomach is full. But the moment you start smelling that, oh, that, that smoke in the air and that, oh, barbecue come off. Oh, you start getting hungry. Why? Because there's an influencer. Listen, if you want to get hungry for God, get around people that are hungry. And you'll find that it's contagious. You get around people that have a desire to give hope and be hope, you'll find that that becomes contagious in your own life. I want God to use me. I want to be help, and I want to be hope to somebody that is looking for the right things. Amen. Now, notice what it says here. Blessed. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst. You know what that word blessed means? It means to be empowered to prosper. Well, I thought empowered to be prosperous means that I got to have a good job. Well, what if General Motors leaves the community? What if all the jobs leave the community? Well, I just know that the Bible says that if I hunger for God, I'm blessed and empowered to prosper. So how many of you know that if we as a people get hungry... That God will empower you, empower this church to prosper regardless of what the whole climate and the culture around us looks like. We can be a church that has a parking lot and fields full of people and cars lined up waiting to get into a church because what God's doing. Can somebody give me an amen? You get people's attention and you get them to start talking when you begin to show them the fruit of your labors. What's the fruit? The empowerment to prosper, prosper. You know, there's one individual that is a part of this church, just been with us shortly, and their background is not necessarily the same background that we've been raised in or that I've been raised in. Similar, but it's different. And one of the things that that individual has said is like, you know, I've just been purposing to be teachable and just allowing myself to, to, to have God grow me and, and teach me. And he says, and I realize that there's some things that you, you may not not do like the way we used to do it when we grew up in church. But he says, I'm starting to see what God's doing in my life. I'm starting to implement and practice some things that I'm learning here at church. And he says, you know what? He says, my family has never been healthier my marriage has never been healthier my finances have never been healthier our physical health has never been healthier and it's as a result of coming and being a part of this church now he said he's got some individuals in his family that says oh you go to that church well you know they're not a church like what we grew up in and starts to give them the rundown of what for and what you know all the other stuff that goes along with it and he said to him, he says I get what you're saying He said, but if I stop and just look at the fruit of my life. He says, the fruit outweighs all of your theology and all of the stuff that you're trying to tell me to hang on to. What I found out is that the stuff you want me to hang on to is nothing but baggage and bondage because it's all about the religion and the tradition of the church. He said, but I'm finding out that I've actually got fruit that is showing up in my life from being around a people that love God. And what happened? You start to get people that take notice. And you'll have people that try to criticize you. Oh, you go to that church. Oh, you do this and you do that. Listen, you can say what you want to, but listen, I've got fruit. And if you want some of the fruit, now listen, you may not want the, 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 the Macintosh apples, but we got some Red Delicious here too. There's something for everybody, right? And I'm talking about being help and hope to people that are looking for it. How many of you know that Jesus brought hope to individuals? I said Jesus brought hope to people that were looking. Did you notice that Jesus was not about condemning people? For some reason, we think that that's what church is all about. I've got to tell people what they're doing wrong. I tell you, it's a whole lot easier to tell people what they're doing wrong than what it is to do right. Right? We're just just critical by nature. But Jesus didn't come to do that do you recall the one woman that was caught in the very act of adultery and all the accusers came and says Jesus what are you going to do and what are you going to say about this because surely you know uh, you're religious like all of us and therefore you're going to tell us and tell her what for and therefore we're going to stone her right now because (laughs) she was caught in the act and the Bible said he bent, bent down drew in the sand a little bit and then he says this he says well all of you that are without sin you cast the first stone and then it said from the Oldest to the youngest, it says, they departed to the point that there was no one standing there. And he says to the woman, he says, where are your accusers? And she says, there's no one here. And he says, well, neither do I. You see, God's not about accusing you or pointing out your faults. He's always wanting to point you to the hope and the help that he brings. And therefore, if you look at Jesus being the model, nowhere do we see that Jesus went to the popular cities where they were just booming economically or they were the fancy they were the California they were the Hollywood's they were all the the big wig places that you go no it just says that he went to the highways and the byways to minister to people and he wasn't necessarily going to the people the Bible says that the people came to him and it says that great multitudes followed him that means literally tens of thousands of people came To Jesus, because when they came to Jesus, they received help, hope, and healing. So that tells me that if we as a church, regardless of what this community or this culture in this area looks like, whether GM is left, if we become a people that have hope, if we allow God to rebuild us and put us under construction, we'll begin to see those people flock to this place. Because when they come, they don't find judgment, they don't find criticisms They find love, and they find hope. Say it with me. Say, God, I'm hungry for people to find hope through me. Amen. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, I'll give you power to be witnesses. I'll give you power to be witnesses. And let me close with this verse in Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 6. It says, then Peter. Now, this was a couple verses after Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 says, I will give you power to be a witness or to give hope. Two chapters later, Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 6, it says, Then Peter said to a man that was sitting at the gate called Beautiful, and it says that this man caught the attention and caught eyes or, or got fixed on the eyes of Peter. And Peter said, knowing that he had desire to receive something from me, he responds to him. He says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to you. Now, in other words, that tells me there was something about Peter that got the attention of this lame man. This lame man sat there saying, I need help, rattle the can, give me some money. And looking at Peter, there was something about his countenance that said there's hope in that man. And then he responds and says, I don't have money. I know that's what you're looking at me for, but I don't have money. But that also means that there was something about him that got his attention. And then Peter responds and he says, now, what I do have, he says, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What did he have? He had that power. He had that power to be a witness. He had that power to give that man hope. Verse seven, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And, he le- and and he leaping up, stood and walked and entered with him into the temple, walking and leaping. Now notice the next part, and praising God. So listen, the moment God starts moving in your life, you can't help but praise God. Oh, you're going to be one of those Jesus freaks. No, listen. It's not about being a Jesus freak. It's just about coming in contact with a real God. And who did they do it with? Peter. Or in other words, you. They went in praising God. Look at verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which, which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement that which he had happened unto him. Verse 11, and as the lame man uh, which was healed uh, held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Simon's, uh, Simon's, uh, or Solomon's rather, greatly wondering. So notice what happened. Not only did it minister to this man and give him hope, but immediately his life became, became a testimony or a witness of hope for somebody else's life. Did you see that? Peter touched one man's life, but that one man's life touched many people that knew who he was, and they all came running and flocking because they wanted the hope that he received. Amen? Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here at this church, God has called you to change the landscape. And I hear this in my spirit. There are some of you that are drained spiritually, you are fatigued mentally and you're overloaded physically. And hear these words from the Lord this morning. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is light, and my yoke is easy. You don't have to do it alone. All you have to do is just reach a hand out and say, God, I need help. And when you extend that hand, it's not with conditions. It's not him saying, yeah, but what about this? None of that matters because he loves you. And he says, I will give you power to be a witness. So that means that that power has the ability to fix whatever you think is wrong whatever is holding you up what is ever ever holding you back that power has the ability to give you help hope and healing and therefore your life can be a witness father in the name of jesus i pray for every single person that is here right now father i thank you that the eyes of our understanding are opened we're seeing clearly this morning to the hope and the calling you have on all of our lives we thank you that today is a turning and a changing point for God you are still rebuilding this church and you're using us to rebuild hope so God I thank you right now from this moment on we continue to be surrendered to you hunger is being stirred a fire is being kindled and God we Say we desire and long and want more of you, in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, "Amen, Amen." Here's one of the things that I know is going to take place in this next week. God's going to begin to visit you. You're going to find that God stirs your heart, brings things to your remembrance. You might even find that God starts to ask you to do some things respond. And watch God show up.